Dan, what's a container? I'm going to say it's an application inside of a silo separated from the main machine. Okay. Uh, What's a virtual machine? That's an emulated hardware computer inside of a computer. Hmm. Then what's a clear container? Well, it's a remix of both. You know, like your old remix tape. Oh. Well, something else that we encountered during this time is bundles. What's a bundle? I think the best uh, synonym for that is going to be a meta package. Hmm. Okay. Well, hopefully that clears it up. Clearly. Coming up in this episode, we try to contain ourselves. Clearly, all the history you'll need. Our clear hindsight. And we plan to install the most popular distro of all time. Hello and welcome to Season 3, Episode 6 of Linux User Space. I'm Leo. And I'm Dan. Dan, I end up going down a lot of rabbit holes <laughs> doing history. <laughs> yeah, you but do. But this one... It, sometimes you drag me into them as well, so <sighs> I, I, I share your pain, literally, Misery sometimes. loves company, yep. Dan. I'm, yep. I'm pretty sure that... I, I know that that's true now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I say this because mm. this is probably the most involved a bit of history that I've had to do. Yeah, for such a young distro, you think that sometimes makes it easier because things are more accessible. They don't disappear. You know, age aged things in the internet get a little harder, but you've got archive.org and places like right. that where you can go digging out things. Um, and for things that aren't real old, you don't have to dig into the archive, so to speak, to, to find information. Very true. It was split about half, right? Obviously, right. the stuff before 2019 was pretty hit or miss, but after 2019, uh, it was it was fairly well documented. Right. The problem, I guess, with Clear is that with um, most distributions or most communities, groups, mm -hmm. people that, that do this kind of thing are very vocal toward the community. Right. And we didn't really see that with Clear until about the time the forums came up. Sure, there were press releases and there were announcements and, uh, you know, you would go to um, like uh, conferences and they would yep. be speaking there. But yep. but it very professional, you know, right. promotion, if you will. But, yeah, not a lot of community promotion. Right. I think what 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 I found out very quickly was that uh, Clear Linux is very focused on the developer. Mm -hmm. Yep. Of a very specific type, too. Yeah, true. Uh, a, a container type, a developer that would be at least in the orbit of Docker and Kubernetes and scaling and yeah. cloud and yeah, cloud things. You know, yeah. All yeah. If if it touches the cloud, then and you were a developer. That was Clear Linux's target, yeah, and it and it really does it really does kind of show in where the where I found the history and um, how spread out it really kind of was. But it it came together nonetheless, and it is 
Um, initially, I thought the history was going to be short and sweet, and there's not going to be a whole lot to it. It's going to be very point by point by point. But there was. There was way more history than I expected, and I dug back way further than I think I it was in unusual places, right? You looked in places yeah. that you wouldn't normally look for. Yeah. That sort of information, normally you look at a blog or you look at some news articles, those sorts of things, um, and it's not GitHub there. issues. Yeah, yeah, GitHub issues. yeah, GitHub <laughs> issues is not the place you go to probably, right? But the, the, nope. there was a wealth of information there for you to find, even though it was painful to dig it all back out. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, you know Git, GitHub could use a little... Well, it's not made for that, right? It's not. It's not. It's made to track issues, not history. Um, though it does track history too, just in a very different way. Yeah, yeah, different way. Even like forums, kind of like even though they do some of the similar thing, they're even easier. I feel like to follow in a chronological format. Yeah, well, uh, they can discuss. be difficult too, but yeah. Discuss the way that Discuss, mm -hmm. which is the forum that Clear uses, I believe. D yeah, Discourse. Uh, yeah, I think, dis right? Oh, yeah, you're right. right, dis right, right. Discourse. Discuss is the- It's uh, the commenting the, thingy. Yes, that yeah, one. Yeah, discourse, yep. yeah. Yep. Um, is is difficult because like things float up to the top, which is a good thing when, yep. when you want to- you know, participate in a conversation that's currently happening. Obviously, that's what you want to do in a forum. Yes, that is great. For history, not so great because things are all out of order and they're jumbled and stuff. It was it was a really good time, I think, putting it all together, getting everything uh, a little more difficult than most. But I think uh, we have a really good show uh, coming up, at least history. Yep. We got another good yep. one. So before we get into that, though, mm -hmm. I wanted to... Go a little deeper into how we started the show, right? Uh, what what is a container, uh, an application inside of a silo? So what 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 does that really so, mean? And so I'll add some to it. Very 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 stripped down um, system, if you will, and maybe even bits ripped out uh, that you don't need, so that it's just enough to get your application to run. Um, and that that by doing that, it keeps it lightweight. Um, keeps your resources low and the requirements for dependencies inside of the, the container, uh, the, the silo, uh, are really small. So, I mean, you don't need a whole bunch of things. And then, uh, you know, you, you got just enough to get your application up and running. Mm -hmm. You can, um, for, for, because this is more of a, a desktop type show, people that run mm -hmm. desktops tend to listen to the show, uh, on Linux, um, Yep. You can really kind of think about this like as a as a flat pack kind of thing, as a snap yeah. kind of thing. Those are pitched as containerized sort right, of right. They're containerized. Yeah. yeah. There there's bits and pieces of it. So really what I'm getting at though is that you know that uh, actually, you know what? App image is a pretty good way to 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 talk about it. A app image might be the best, actually. Yeah, yeah. Because when you get an app image, it's shipped with everything that you need. It right. it relies not on anything on the system itself besides views, right? Um, yeah, a couple file system things. Yeah, right. But it, everything that you need is within the app image right. itself. You don't have to go out and get anything additional to the app image, right? It's all in one little box. Right. And the benefit of the more cloudy type containerized stuff is that it is isolated from the system, isolated away, cannot yeah. reach out. I mean, there there are that that's one of the biggest selling points of this stuff is that it cannot Absolutely. reach out and blow up your system it's in a nice, neat little box. 
And, you know, when you when you want to upgrade it, you throw away the box. Yeah. And you bring in a new box. Yeah. All your data is over here. But the app is it's in its little right box. There. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it, it does not matter. And, and uh, you know, like Docker or whatever, they, they make it easy to string them together so that, you know, you can put all your little applications in, in one right. bigger container of, you know, have having little containers underneath. And so that they can, you know, communicate to each other. Uh, potentially, and not the rest of the system. I mean, because like networking inside and outside is sort of orchestrated, we'll call it. Um, yep. So, oh, you said the O word. Uh oh. Yeah. Yeah. So that you can, <laughs> uh, you know, manage all of that and, right. and come out with the thing that you need. Okay. So, so I think we got that out of the way. Mm -hmm. So, kind of go a little bit further into what a virtual machine is. Like, as, as opposed to, a yeah. container. What's a virtual machine? So I, I, you know, obviously, virtual machine is going to do the same thing that your your physical machine. Only it's going to virtualize all of that. Your physical machine, so your hardware gets emulated. Um, you know, your, your which includes you know your network, your disk, your CPU, like all of those things are kind of in your GPU. Like they're just software now, and we're going to pretend that that software bit is the hardware and then your whole system runs on there just like it would normally like on a on, right. a on a physical machine yeah so when you when you boot up to like an ubuntu vm or something like that mm -hmm. you'll see right uh yeah, if you're using just, boxes you'll see yeah. the vert io um network interface card something like that and you'll see the cpu um a lot of times it's really just the cpu is mostly pass through it's it's some things can get passed through but to the guest yeah yeah it's it's emulated hardware right to run a full fat operating system yeah the whole thing so that you could you could do whatever you want to with it complete with the init system and all of the bits that come along with your regular operating system yep you run an operating system on a virtual machine the same exact way you would run it on a real actual desktop or laptop and that gives you the flexibility of running multiple virtual machines with different operating systems. Right. And the cool thing about all that is that because they're a real full operating system, you can even run containers yep. inside, inside of virtual machines. Yep. And lots of people do it that way. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. All right. So now we kind of have to talk a little bit about clear containers. Sure. Because... There, as you mentioned, it's a remix. It's like a virtual machine, but it's not, right? So, like, it's like they took the virtual machine and then stripped out all a whole bunch of stuff, and so it's really, really, really stripped down. Like what what Docker and containers yeah. did to the operating system, right? Like they stripped yep. out all the bits that you don't need, just so they could run their application and only their application. Intel with the Clear Container Project stripped out everything that you don't need about virtual yep. machines but you still have a virtual machine it still yeah. is yeah. emulating hardware. hardware yeah and and intel uh, bet a lot of money that people were going to be more interested in the isolation of a virtual machine because that's one of the cool things about virtual machines is that they can be fully isolated right right you do not even have to attach them to a network no, no they could be on a pretend network yeah. yeah. If if they don't know, they don't know. I mean, it's it's like right. as if you unplugged it. So they were betting a lot that that was going to be what everybody wanted. So 
a stripped-down virtual machine to be a platform to run other containers. And pretty right. quickly, they got they got Docker support and everything else. So the Remix comment is really kind of a clear container is kind of halfway in between both a virtual machine and a container because it does both things. It does. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's that's kind of it. Yeah, this is different. Yeah, it is. It is. So container inside of a container, which is really kind of a virtual machine. Mm-hmm. And then it just gets wacky from there. But yep. um, it was it, it is still an interesting uh, project and it's still an interesting technology. Um, OK, so more on the desktop side. We yeah. got to go a little bit further. Uh, I think you really kind of sum it up. I don't think there's really that much to talk about more about bundles, but you, you definitely encounter bundles when you're trying to install pretty much anything in clear Linux. So. Yeah, it's like a meta package, I guess, right? So right. it's it's like taking the individual little packages and then um, your bundle is all of those that you would use to kind of create your application, I guess. And so right. you know you need all of these things to make this other thing run. So now, you, you know, that's your meta package to make it happen, right? And Exactly. And that's that's essentially what a bundle is is doing for you. Yeah, the a lot of the language about bundles um, was meant for ease of use, right? The whole reason that they created this terminology, bundles, was that they didn't want anybody to have to think about individual packages. Right. Like, yes, GIMP is an individual package, but it comes with about 60 different dependencies that you have right. to install alongside of it. Instead, Intel said, uh, or, or the Clear Linux Project at least, said, no, 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 just call it GIMP. Yeah. You install GIMP. Everything that goes with GIMP, but it's all called GIMP. Don't worry about it. It's just GIMP. That's the bundle. The bundle is GIMP. Yeah. Right. And everything is like that. You don't see individual .so files get installed to your computer so that you can run a particular thing. You just install that thing. And so in a way, it's sort of counterintuitive to these stripped down container things in some regard, right? Because now you're creating this big monolith uh um that, that that has all of these things that are combined into it so yeah ah, it's just a little counterintuitive some somewhat yeah. in a way I, right I, i'd see it as um people that are running clear linux are trying to install things but don't want to have to think about them too much because yep. their focus is not that no. their focus is development of containers or right. cloud development or you know dealing with I don't. I don't care about the desktop. I don't care about the bundle. Just that's the thing I want. Let, install well, it. The I, end. Now I can go to work. Great example. So, the, like, if you install the web server bundle or the like the yeah something like something like that, right? It installs nginx, right? Because ah. it, it's going to give you the web server thingy um, to do that. Plus, any of the other add-ons or whatever that you need to go along with that too, um, because. In the end, you just wanted to run a web server. You didn't care what it was. <laughs> exactly. I like the simplicity. Ah, it is. It is kind of nice. So hopefully, because uh, these these terms are going to come up. Hopefully, that gives you a, a a bit of a low level or or a bit of a high level understanding of what these things are, so that yeah, it doesn't just go meow whenever we say you know, a container, right? Yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> that gives yeah. you what you need uh, to make this history make sense. If you like what we're doing here, make sure to send us a buck over at patreon.com slash linuxuserspace. And if you haven't subscribed on YouTube, do it. Do it now. 
youtube.com slash Linux user space. You know, ding the bell, get the notifications. You open the lid and press the power button on your Dell XPS M1330. It's got the new fast Intel Core 2 Duo T7300, 2 gigs of RAM, and the upgraded disk. It's loading Fedora 7. You look down at your watch, take a sip of coffee, stretch a little, and tap your foot. 45 seconds. And now you can log in. As GNOME 2 and its applications load on the screen, you look up. Auke Kok and Aryan Vandeven take the stage in September of 2008 at the Linux Plumbers Conference. Both developers for Intel showed that it was possible to boot Linux in under five seconds. On, of all devices, an ePC. <laughs> it was the small, light, and inexpensive netbooks that were, at the time, the future of portable computing. Of course, it was booted with solid-state storage, but even so, it was the fastest ever. And boot didn't mean as soon as you see a cursor or when the login prompt shows up. It meant that all services were up and the disk and CPU were both idle after pressing the power button. This feat was accomplished by removing time wasters in Fedora, extensive time running mod probe, poking at SE Linux for troubleshooting, bringing up the SMTP server, and dropping upstart, among other apparent witchcraft. By the end of the conference, both Fedora and Ubuntu had shaved some delays off their boot times, and the boot time wars began. The developers at Intel took this win, along with System D and a few more tweaks, into the lab. Six years later, what we know today as Clear Linux OS really began. On December 7th, 2014, the first of the packages that I could find that would one day become Clear Linux OS were pushed to the release number 300. So rewind a little bit. We heard that in 2014, December 7th, that was the very first any kind of package I could see in, mm -hmm. um, in the repository. Right. It was back then. But we have um, a birthday celebration, a seventh birthday celebration that reminded us that the official release was February 6th of 2015. Three days later, the first downloadable images marked 300, 310, 320, 330, and 340 show up at clearlinux.org. On May 18th, Aryan Vandeven penned an article at lwn.net describing what clear containers are and where the project is headed. So the focus at this time was clear containers. Yep. And not necessarily the full distro, though you needed the distro for the containers. In short, clear containers are a virtual container, not fully virtual machine, but not just a container either. It's the magic of both. And they start in under 200 milliseconds. Clear was showcased in the same week at the OpenStack Summit in Vancouver, which ran May 18th through the 22nd. In the showcase, it was said that the scope was limited to cloud usage and was only meant to address containers, security, and overall performance, which meant it clearly wasn't set up for a regular desktop. September 21, Clear containers for Docker 
are available which allow Docker applications to run within a clear container. In 2016, January 12th, the fruits of clear developers' labor were finally paying off. Michael Larable of Pharonix, using none other than the Pharonix test suite, consistently shows that clear Linux, version 5700 at the time, was leading the pack, sometimes by a whole lot. This is about the time folks outside of the container world really started to pay attention. It even exposed performance issues that allowed the clear team to further optimize. April 22nd, to capitalize on the fervor, Ike Doherty, founder and then leader of Solus, and Oke Kok from the 5 Second Boot, announced that the container-only OS will now start shipping a desktop for developers. The focus is on remote access efficiency, simplicity, familiarity, and same defaults. Just add the OS Utils GUI bundle, and it'll pull down XFCE, 4.12, and other desktop goodies. In parallel, Robert Nessius announces the Clear Linux Installer 2.0. No longer would the installer nuke everything on a disk without warning, require the arrow keys, disallow you from going back, or enabling telemetry by default. Now, there's no surprises. Tab navigates, choices can be remade, and telemetry is opt-in. You can also review why the installer crashed, too. November 16th, while desktop is a big focus, the containers are still more important. It becomes clear that maintaining end-user graphical applications is too big a task for the current team. Enter Flatpak. The same OS Utils GUI package that provides XFCE now also provides Flatpak. However, the days of using FlatHub wasn't much of a reality for anybody just yet. November 28th, the auto-updater is here and enabled by default. You know, for security reasons. It's simple to disable by masking the SWAPD update service. 2017, May 24th. XFCE, while still available, is no longer the default desktop. It's GNOME 3.24, even though XFCE still squeaks past it in most benchmarks. September 20th, structural changes to clear containers happen in 3.0. Go is the language used instead of C. SE Linux works within the container. Clear containers can be run directly from within Hyper-V and other hypervisors, and even run on Kubernetes, which sets them up for December 5th. The Clear Containers project merges with the newly announced Kata Containers project under the governance of the OpenStack Foundation. Clear Containers 3.0 will live on just long enough to see the transition through, but the Clear Linux project lives on. 2018. March 26th, the first issue in GitHub about FFmpeg not being included shows up. And this ultimately points to all the proprietary codecs for encoding, transcoding, and Firefox playback. The general consensus is to compile FFmpeg yourself. May 3rd, everything you need to know about Clear Linux, Clear Linux, is published in a markdown notebook called How to Clear. August 3rd, WireGuard is added to secure your traffic. August 28th, KDE Plasma 5.13 is now available to install. It keeps up with XFCE in many tests, but falls behind GNOME in almost all. November 5th, over on GitHub, it's noted that Snap was and will remain unavailable. 
and unsupported. November 28th, a new installer beta is floating around at version 1.0.3, and it's still text-based. It does offer more disk configurations, but still without encryption. 2019, the new public forum is live. On March 27th, the decision was made in a GitHub issue that CUPS will now be enabled by default, and those that don't want this behavior can easily disable it. May 11th, playing off of many of the new features of the previous 1.0.3 installer, version 2.0 is released with a full graphical interface, the one we see today, mouse and all, which makes it very user-friendly. And Go still seems to be the preferred language. June 19th, in an Ask Me Anything session over at the Clear Linux forums, Aoke Kok says to the question of if Intel sees Clear as an option for normal users. He says, well, you can look at it from two angles. First, one of Intel's motto is x86 everywhere. That's the first clue. Second, from the people who work on Clear Linux, we really don't want to switch to a different distro once we're done working. So there's the second hint. And there are a few applications where we know we just won't see Clear Linux get used, and that's okay. But most generic purpose? Yeah, we want to support it. That totally includes gaming, office, etc. October 10th, offline installations are available, and three days later, XFAT is available. 2020, March 17th, lots of chatter in the ether about what Intel is really trying to do with its distribution. The word toy comes up a lot, and Aryan Vandeven sets the record straight. In reference to the desktop in general and adding weird packages, it is very hard to do a general consumer desktop, and we tried something different, aimed just at software developers. We've been trying to accommodate most software as much as we can. Rather than everything, we need to make sure that what we do ship is usable, with a bias to servers and what developers use rather than random stuff. With the third-party repo stuff getting more ready, there's ways where others can provide their own repositories for that weird stuff without us being a bottleneck. April 27th, the distro will focus less on the desktop, but development will continue to maintain a more vanilla environment. They said, we still want to attract developers, but we are not as invested as we were in supporting a diverse and complex desktop environment or even multiple desktop environments. On May 1st, there were many desktop environments and window managers, Awesome, i3, and Sway, as well as Enlightenment and LXQT. They were subsequently marked for deletion on this day. The focus will remain on GNOME, Plasma, and XFCE. In 2021, February 22nd, Clear Linux pulls out a win over Endeavor OS on the Ryzen 9 5700X. April 23rd, Ubuntu 2104 enjoys plenty of kernel performance improvements, but Clear wins again in all but a handful of benchmarks. August 9th, against Windows 11, Windows 10, Ubuntu 2110, 2104, and Arch Linux, Clear Linux wins again in 68 out of 102 benchmarks. Windows 11, it won one. 2022, January 27th, the first third-party SWAPD repo that I could find by Pavlo Rudy. February 8th, 
the telemetry client, it's out of here. Turns out, all that information they were gathering kind of collected a little bit of dust. May 19th, between eight different Linux distributions, including Ubuntu 22.04 and Fedora 36, Clear Linux wins out again in 47 out of 101 tests. The runner-up, CentOS Stream 9, won only 14. August 12th, Clear switches from the 02 compiler flag for the kernel to the 03 for more speed. Yeah, so that brings us to the end of the history. Want to read the Linux news that matters as it unfolds? Head on over to our subreddit or our news channel in Discord. That's uh, linuxuserspace.show slash reddit or linuxuserspace.show slash discord. Then we've got Telegram and Matrix where we can have a little interactive uh, conversation. So that's linuxuserspace.show slash Telegram and linuxuserspace.show slash Matrix. So how did it go, Dan? Um, we noticed back in uh, early 2020, the, the desktop is not yeah, a so focus the, anymore. So, so how like did it was it... the focus, and then it wasn't the focus, and then it was back to the focus. I, yeah, it went back and forth, it seemed like, a little bit, right? Yeah. Um, well, I, I will say one thing. The, the, the installer that they created, the, the GUI application, looks very nice. And uh, I think it's easy to follow. Um, it, you know, it's like a lot of the other installers that are out there. So mm -hmm. it was comfortable, comfortable from that standpoint. Little problem though. It's uh -oh. I I I wanted to save my Ubuntu install still because I was still really kind of enjoying that and had some things set up that I just didn't want to have to you know keep moving around, right? And yeah, that's of course, my laptop. right? Seems okay. Um, so I'm like, all right, I'll carve out a little disk space and um, I'll install this alongside. Um, you know, it seemed to go okay, except um, it ate my bootloader. Uh, this went, yeah, wait, nom, that's, nom, that's nom. kind of important. You got to get into <sighs> something somehow. Yeah, well, I mean, so I could get into clear um because that was the only option and well it wasn't even an option at that point it was just booted right into clear so yeah it, it was <laughs> the option it was the yeah, option the, yeah. clearly it you was want the clear one... linux or clear linux yeah and yeah mm -hmm. no i wanted ubuntu as well so <laughs> i <laughs> <laughs> no they said no <laughs> so i fire up the live uh you know uh, usb and i get back into ubuntu and i get the you know i get the grub installation going again and it looked like you know and i did all the bits because there's like ubuntu has now removed the os prober stuff um from grub so i did all the bits to you know make sure that gets added back in so that mm -hmm. it could you know look for other operating systems and add those into your grub and um it looked like it did that in in the grub install um or you know update and no, no, it did not ever add clear back. <laughs> clear is not back in the, in the mix. Now I've only got Ubuntu on that yep. machine. So I, uh, I think I have some. I think I have some insight. I don't have a solution for you outside of run your updates. But so so my experience was not quite as dire right. as yours. Um, but 
the whole thing, your experience, because you, you dove into that before I did. Yeah. And then when I decided to dive into it, here's what happened. So I load up Clear Linux on my T450S, right? I start with that, and then I move to my framework, except not this time. So I started on my T450S, booted it up, ran through the installer. As I'm going through the installer, it's, I, I'm, I'm in awe. Of yeah, it was nice. how nice it, it is. Was nice. Like it's it's just you know run down the list of all the things. Look clean. And you're good. It looked clean. Yes, and so I'm I'm into the bundles. I'm messing around. I think this was my mistake, mind mm. you. I do not go up into the top right hand corner and turn on Wi-Fi. I'm just yeah. I'm like, you know, let's just keep this offline. I, I want it to go quick, yeah. and then I'll I'll really get mm. to learn how to use the system tools to get updated and everything else. Right. So of course I stay offline, but. Uh, I think my mistake was going into the bundles, the mm. the additional bundles that you can add. And I checked a couple and then I was like, you know what? No, no, no. I want to keep it simple. So I unchecked them mm-hmm. and then canceled out, backed out. Mm. And I, I, I don't know if that was a mistake. I don't know if that was the mistake. No. It it, it well, hold on. It because <laughs> it gets better. It gets it gets really, really good. So I'm like, all right, fine, cool. Let's let's just go on through the installer and and you know leave it leave it nice and bare. So I next, 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 it goes through all the little bits. The the information that comes out is yeah. very cool. I like that style of installer that, that I did is too. verbose. You can ignore it, right? I mean, as a It was as small a and normal. out of the way, but you could read it if you wanted to. Right. Uh, and then it gets down to the very last line, installation failed. Yep. And I'm like, what? What do you mean? And and then um, the cool thing was it, it tells you if you go under, I think it's like Roots Home Directory or whatever, there's an yeah. installer log and you can check that out. Yep. So, of course, being the curious guy I am, of course, I go and look at that log, scroll all the way down. And it says, failed because I tried to resolve a URL. Yep. Tried to download and I'm like, something. Wait, wait, what? So, so I'm, I'm thinking, maybe it's not, but I'm thinking that it was because I checked on the bundles, which would have gotten from the internet right um and then you know went through the installer thinking well yeah he must have connected to the internet and i didn't i don't think Um, so okay well that may not be the issue that may not be the case in this case but it's still it gets better so i'm thinking well it's fine it wrote things to boot i checked i looked it's fine i it wrote things to the disk maybe and because yeah. it was just a you know res- resolution failure, I was like, well, it, it just didn't it might install all work. the packages, right? It just you know it's got the basics on, right? Right, and so I could boot into it. Well, I reboot, no grub entry. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, obviously something went wrong. So I boot live again, connect to the internet first. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I, I still keep the install similar, right? I just I run yep, through it all. Just next, yeah. This time, success. Right. It does not fail on me. I'm like, okay. Okay, maybe it's because I didn't click on the bundle. Maybe it's because I connected to Wi-Fi. I don't know, but you know, whatever. It worked. I reboot. Still no grub entry. Also, there's there's no UEFI yeah. entry. <laughs> huh? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got I got the I got the boot directory. I got I got everything. So something didn't trigger right. during the installation to inform the firmware that there's a new bootloader on the block. Uh, that that can be selected through the Lenovo, you know, UEFI menu, right, right, right firmware right. menu. Um, okay, all right. So I'm like, well, my last ditch effort to get this thing booted is maybe I just choose the disk. Yeah. And then it booted. Yeah. So I, 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 I yeah, I don't know. So I, I dig out another machine. Uh, that that this. So the, my first machine 
was BIOS, right? And so I know system deboot is is some of the focus on clear. I mean, they've, uh-huh. they've shifted over there because speed was the thing that they were really one of the things they were focusing on. And system D is is probably a, it's going to be a faster way to go. Right. But that requires an EFI machine. And mm-hmm. yeah, mine, mine's not. And I probably should, you know, abandon this and move on to something that's a little more modern. It's my own fault. I feel somewhat responsible for this. So I dig out another machine. It's really not that much newer, but it does have EFI. And so I go through the installation and the first time I'm like, I just want to get this done, right? Hurry up, go, 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 go. And um, I did not connect to the Wi-Fi either. And guess what happened? Installation failed. No, because it wants to install something that is not on the on the live disk or whatever, and it can't resolve the thing. And it it just fails hard. It doesn't really tell you that you know in in the installer that no, you you have to go to the log. You have to go to the log that it didn't resolve a URL, and that is why it failed. Likewise, it doesn't do any prerequisite checking at the start of the installer either which would have been nice because i would have went and said oh okay yeah i don't have internet on yeah Yeah, hang on i'll I'll get that for you right but there there is a checker you actually you can go in and there is a test internet button yeah but i didn't know it was required because it didn't force you to do it It was just an option right yes and so it's a little frustrating for some people but and that got me to the point that got me thinking my first installation probably would have worked. The thing yeah. that convinced me that it didn't was that there was no firmware entry, no UEFI right. entry on the laptop. And so I just assumed it didn't work. But after the second successful install, there was still no UEFI entry. It probably worked the first time. Could be. But I, I did, I just, it didn't dawn on me to choose the disk because that's usually yeah. not how UEFI works. No, no, no. <laughs> so, yeah. So, huh. anyway, third time through, get the, on a, on a, on a different machine, I get it installed and it, and it, and it boots and it works and everything's great. Um, coincidentally, that was where I discovered that it didn't have secure boot because I think you, you were looking at maybe possibly putting it on the, um, the framework, but, yeah, without secure boot, you're probably not going to do that. Yeah, and and I have In your I case. have right. Um, so with secure boot, that that was going to be the showstopper for me. But you know, it was on a list on a few different lists of saying, yeah, clear Linux supports secure yeah, boot, so, so too. you know, easy peasy. But um, I mean, I didn't even well, get they to that give point. you all the I, tools to do after installation. You have to turn it off, and then you can use all of the mock tools or whatever, right. and basically enroll your own keys and all of. That, oh, that 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 okay. you can do that you can do that anywhere uh, uh that, that that's not a supported out of the box signed kernel ready to go got it. like ubuntu or you know uh you know fedora is going to be right so well I, i'm glad you told me because i would have never have i would never have known with the issues that you mentioned about grub and the issues that i ran into with uefi i didn't even want to chance it because uh, yeah. I've got I've got two long term installations on this laptop that I absolutely do not want to lose. And while it would have been on its own separate disk, it it just did not instill the uh, the confidence I yeah. needed to not have to play with bootloaders after getting it installed. So I just yeah. I abandoned the idea of putting it on the framework, left it on the ThinkPad. Uh, and, but it but you know after yeah. the booting stuff, 
yeah. things got things were pretty it, smooth. It got better, yeah. I and listen, I'll admit I probably let way too much time elapse in between, you know, my failure and I just put it down. I'm like, I just don't have time for that right now, <laughs> yeah. right? Because I had a lot of things going on, so I just like I, I had I didn't get back to it as soon as I wish I would have because there were some things I I wanted to test and really get into the bundles and the packaging and and stuff like that because it interests me and and of that's, course that's that's kind of what I'm into. But I had more woes beyond that, Leo. I, oh no! Uh, now these are these are new to me. We were talking about the grub thing, but I didn't know. <laughs> so, well, I did send you the, uh, 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 an image. I never got oh. Firefox so that it could produce something that I would be able to use. I just got this big dark gray bar at the top oh. and a lighter gray section at the bottom and that was firefox it said it was firefox I... up in my in, in the title bar in gnome that was it that was all i got that's oh, that, and that... i let it sit there and perk for a long time yeah now see i that had was thought... my that was my screenshot I had thought it was that that screenshot. I had thought that that was just a oh you know weird little issue and it'll take care of itself and it, it you know never I, did. I assumed it came back. Whoa! I tried it that's... multiple times, different reboots. Like I, I tried a lot of different things and I was never able to get it to do anything much more than that. Yep. Now, okay, here, here's a question for you. Uh, when you went to clear, clearlinux.org and you downloaded the ISO, did you just download the one that they presented to you with the download button? Yeah, the the one for the desktop, yeah. Okay, Th there's a difference here. That was uh, version 36010. Their versioning number is crazy. Uh, yeah, I'd have to look. Oh, yeah, we should talk about the versioning. This is a great, great segue. Yes, and then I ended up with 36790. Oh, yeah. So, because... because um, I was looking into the versioning. I realized pretty quickly that these guys will put out up to three, four, five different versions of Clear Linux in a day. So, you know, if you go look at the versioning history, you'll see that it goes all the way up to 36,000 something, something, yeah. something. Started and at started 300. started at 300, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? And <laughs> multiple a week, if not multiple per day. And just over and over and over, new optimizations, new builds, new this, new that. There's a new ISO that's minted yep, every single time. time something like that so happens. Let me explain some of that, though. So clear is, you know, the updates are atomic. What that means is when you do an update, this. you're not just updating individual packages here and there. You're updating the whole entire system as a complete atomic thing. This this very much reminds me of the way that, and correct me if I'm wrong, OpenSUSE Tumbleweed does things. Yes, like the snapshots that they do when yeah. they do updates, they're they're atomic, right? And so what gets delivered to you across the wire is the deltas or the changes that that have taken place in all of those things in the entire, you know, your entire system, if you will, the changes yeah. that are coming in to your bundles and packages, like that's what you get. So it's right. an, an entire complete thing. And there are tools, like if you get into the tools, into the troubleshooting and stuff, you can basically kind of rebuild, if you will, or it'll it'll do an integrity check mm -hmm. to check, make sure your installation is good and, you know, fix anything on the fly. And and actually, uh, that, that makes me think of uh, another amazing feature of Clear Linux. 
um, you can do what is essentially a full reinstall mm-hmm. by deleting two directories. Right. Delete Etsy, delete VAR, reboot, and you've got a fresh, clean, new, clear it's Linux over. Yeah. based on your last swepty update. Don't try that at home, kids. Uh, well, right. I mean, <laughs> only in dire situations should you do that, right? When you got a borked system, maybe that's something yeah, maybe. you try maybe it's a way. after your normal troubleshooting, right? Um, but that was a yeah. very official way to restart from scratch if you needed to. So there's other other systems that work that way too, right? Um, in the atomic fashion, like we mentioned, Open Sousa Tumbleweed. The other one, like a very popular one, uh, Mac OS. That, that yeah. that's that, that like you get updates atomically. The only difference there is you're not getting the deltas with that. You're getting oh, the God, entire no. system every time. Dan, it takes forever. I, the, that's the Mac why. At work, even, that's why this works better. This thing is a, this thing is on an M1 Pro, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the one of the best CPUs that you can grab, and it still takes forever. Even, even on really high speed <laughs> connections, it takes yeah. a long time. And so that's why having that Delta change, you know, just the changes, grabbing those, and then checking the integrity of that is really smart. Really smart. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. It really, really is. And Clear Linux does the deltas only as well, which makes it a lot faster. So it's it is pretty Kudos. fantastic. Yeah, so, that's that's good stuff. So I'm thinking back to our Firefox issue. Yep. That if you were on 36010 and I was on 36790, that may be why my Firefox worked and yours didn't. So could be it had updated um at some point in time. Yeah. So I would have thought that would have resolved any issues that it True. may have had. True. But I can check that again. Um, it may be a me thing. Maybe it, maybe I need to get in, dive into that a little bit. So maybe what you got to do, Dan, here's here's the next thing you should try is delete Etsy and VAR. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I'm trying to be fair. It wasn't all that bad because like what I ended up doing was just Flatpak install Brave and I had Brave Browser from the Flathub. Good choice. Because Good choice. That's going to bring me to my next point of something that was really great. Flatpak and Flathub were there by default. I didn't do Ugh. anything. It was just mm, mm, there. Mm, mm. And so, if and, you want, and like in the store too, yeah, like you could just say, search if you want to use GNOME software, it installed stuff from Flathub. It was great. And so, you, you could either go to the command line, the store, whatever. It was set up for you. I nice. love that. I absolutely nice. love that because I can hit the ground running, right? It, it's it's a lot like Linux Mint in that once I get to a usable yep. desktop, now I can get all my apps and then just, you there. know, use the computer. <laughs> right. And well, there's other uh, operating systems that, that install Flatpak, but they don't necessarily give you the repo enabled by by default right. or they might give you their own re- repo or or whatnot i thought having the flat hub one was which is the main one that most people are using that was nice to have it was a, it was mm-hmm. a nice touch to have yep yep it definitely was um the, something else i noticed about firefox though is that firefox is not installed normally usually firefox is like right. i don't know where they put it like user bin or something like i don't know whatever yeah yeah but firefox in clear is installed in your user directory. Hmm. So it's just installed in .firefox. That's where it lives. And the best part about it is that Firefox is independent of swapd as well. It updates itself. itself. 
yeah. like Windows and Mac. This is this is easily one of my favorite things of of like ever. Um, I kind of enjoyed the the browser being independent of the base system, sure. Because you know, as we all know, lots of creepy crawlies get inside of browsers and things like that, and they've got to be fixed, and they've got to be fixed fast. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that I don't have to wait for a package manager to tell me that I've got an update or Snap to remind me for fourteen days. Or, you know, just what, whatever, <laughs> whatever it is, I like that it's independent and clear is the only distro that I've found so far that does that. And it's my absolute favorite. I love Firefox being installed this way. It's just, I think this is how it should be installed um, be, because it's got its own independent update, you know, schedule and everything else. And yeah. I'm not having to wait 48 hours for a package maintainer to handle it. And so that that's going to bring me to another thing, right? You you mentioned it a little bit. SwapD, that's the update tool and install yep. tool, right? It does updates automatically, as we mentioned in the history. And I find this to be pretty fantastic, personally. I think they they one of the things that Clear prides itself on is security, and the way one of the ways they deliver the security is through automatic updates, keeping those vulnerabilities out of the system by updating your software packages for you automatically. You don't even have to think about it. Nope. It just did it by itself. You can disable yep. it if you wanted to, um, and you can manually update again if you want to, yep. but having it there without having to think about it, um, I feel like more distributions need this. Um, I know Ubuntu does some of that, right? They get the security updates out there to you um, without, you know, you having to think about it. So that's nice. Um, but I, I, I'd like to see more of that. I know everybody's like, oh, my data, I don't have enough bandwidth. But wait a minute, you're on some sort of high speed connection, probably. I'd like to think um, if you're in continental U- United States, you probably are. Yeah, if if you're paying by the megabyte, Clear yeah. Linux is probably not the distro for you. No, probably not. But um, but yeah, to go back to what you were saying, it, it really is pretty simple. It's uh, I forget the command itself, but it's just swap D, and well, then I forget the options auto, that you give. It's like disable auto update, auto or update something enable like that. or something like that, or yeah. disable. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's yeah. it's super simple to turn it off. But um, <clears throat> I I dug in a little bit to find out how often. Um, yeah. So, taking a look at the swapd update dot timer, so a little system D utility used to mm-hmm. do something every now and then, uh, shows it was counted in seconds. So I had to do math, right? But <laughs> yeah, found out forty five minutes every every forty five minutes, okay. it'll poke out and say, "Hey, uh, there are there any updates out there?" And if there were, swapd would spring into action and install some stuff. Remember though, that it's a desktop second. But a cloud platform right, right, right. first. So of course you want the most up to date everything all the time because it's always connected and it's always on it's the internet. It's intended to be and in the cloud. Yeah, like like where the internet is. Yeah, your your <laughs> cloud apps running in some colo somewhere. Mm-hmm. So you know they've got full bandwidth all the time. So yeah. it, it's not a big deal for it to be this often. So I, I don't you know I, I don't look down on this at all. No, no. Um, I think that's good. 
It's, it's twofold, right? I mean, it's getting hit from other internet things all the time, whatever yep. the application is you're running. So you absolutely want to remove all of those variables that you can and just get it updated now. Yep. Speaking <laughs> of speaking of variables, uh, something that I thought was pretty neat was that um, inside that trigger, uh, inside that timer, there there was an additional random... 45 second delay so it like a number between zero and 45 okay um so that think about it right like if you had a hundred clear linux instances oh yeah they'd all be at the same time huh yeah right because you say all right cool we got our workload ready to go boot them all up so everybody start that timer very close to each other (laughs) yeah you try not to overload what you got so (laughs) <laughs> and then eventually, eventually, those kind of stagger out so far that they're all just kind of checking independently all throughout yeah, yeah. the day, Completely getting updates and times. stuff. That's, so, that's yeah. neat. That is kind of cool. Those are the kind of rabbit holes that I get sucked into and spend, you, you got know, into that one. That's a good 20 one. minutes figuring it out, right? And, and I did um, my first batch of updates. Uh, downloaded about 1.7 gigs. So again, if you're on a it's metered a connection- Maybe not. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and those are all about, changes too. That's not like right. complete applications. Yeah. And uh took about 20 minutes uh to complete. Sure. I, I mean, I, I imagine. I didn't it, time that. Any, I'm glad you did. Like, I'm. that's great that you did that. I did not. Mm-hmm. I just installed it and I was like, oh, okay, it's working now. Great. Yep. I, I, I'd had enough of it. So I like, I'm just going to set that over here. And it just yep. did its thing. And I came back to it, you know, an hour later or whatever. And it was yep. all dated. Yeah, well, the the fans kicked on, and I was like, "What? Yeah. I haven't even installed anything yet." And right, that's right. what it was doing. It was it was swapped in, yeah. So it, it was that was pretty nice. cool. But here's the here's the kicker on this. After that very first update, that was 1.7 gigs. Mm-hmm. You know what showed up? The firmware entry to boot clear Linux. So I don't know. Must be an update came along that fixed that problem that you encountered, yes. right? So I, I don't know that it would have fixed yours, but I mean, you wouldn't really have the chance. It, it was I busted. Know. Yeah, I moved on. <laughs> I did move on. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Should be fair. Yeah. I was doing something a little, a little out of the norm, right? Yeah. Yeah, and so. and the the cool thing about that is that that update brought with it the kernel five point nineteen, and I believe it was GNOME forty two. So we were very current. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. And so clear in general is just very current. It's very good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So I talk a little bit about the packaging. We talked about bundles and what they are. Obviously, the packages underneath make up the bundles. um, And the packaging underneath is RPM based. And so. Yes. That was interesting. And so it uses the spec files that, that RPM uses to build. However, Clear has developed their own auto-spec tool, they call it, the auto-spec. And so it can take a tar file from whatever application, you know, software that you're, you're wanting to run and create its own spec file using auto-spec, which I thought was really cool. Um, basically, it, it uses the source code. Um, and looks at the make files and that's how it creates its spec file. And then you can take that and create an RPM that then you can install, uh, with Mixer is, is the tool for, I guess, third party things or local repositories. Um, cause that's like 
it, 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 that's where it looks for that stuff. And so after you've created your thing, you can create your own custom, uh, bundle on your local system and you point mixer at it and it'll install your, your package. Nice. Anyway, so RPM based packaging under the hood, um, using the spec files to create the packages, um, and then bundles grab all of your individual packages and are like the meta, if you will, that mm -hmm. uh, you use to install. Um, nice. It, it's a good, it seems like a good system, honestly. I I'm, was fairly impressed with the way they did it and how much thought. It's different, but not different. Um, and so it reminded me a little bit of Nix. You know how we, we, we did Nix mm -hmm. and they've got their own system and, and ways to, you know, the package management thereof. Um, but you know, not that it's similar to Nix. It's similar in the sense that it's, it's got its own unique spin on package management. Yep. I like it. Uh, so I, I, one of the softwares that I use all the time is OBS Studio. Oh. And so I decided, well, it's it's a bundle. Why mm -hmm. wouldn't I just swap the bundle add OBS Studio? Easy, right? So I did. And it didn't take long at all. Installed it, launched it, saw up in the title bar, 0.0.1. That was a while ago. What? <laughs> okay, wait, 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 wait. Okay, so so I installed this bundle and it gave me the like the absolute Ancient. very first version ever of what? Yeah. So yeah. obviously uh went straight to Flathub, installed it yeah, there yeah. instead. And and I did verify it, like uh because you can just do what is it like OBS Studio dash dash version or whatever. Mm -hmm. It yep. really yeah, is. It really it was the old, yeah. Really was. It's missing a lot of things that I've kind of come to expect from so yeah, it, it huh. Yeah, Just that's what weird. A, what a, but you know, as a history podcast, kind of cool to right. look all the way back. It is available somewhere. I don't know if that's a feature, but yeah, sure. <laughs> if we ever do a history episode on OBS Studio, um, hey, at the very least, we know uh, where I might, we can I might clone this disc <laughs> and just have it, and you know, so I can run the very first version of OBS, which is cool. <laughs> I don't know if we're gonna do that right away, but. I get you, yeah. Season season 12, season 13, something like that, right? I'll tell you another thing that I really liked as uh, I'll throw my sysadmin hat on. When you want to see what's installed, the output of SWAPD <gasps> bundle list oh, is really, yes. really nice. It, and so it lets you audit what's installed on your system very, very easily. And I I enjoyed that a lot. And the fact that there aren't like... Seven billion libraries to yeah. look through as well, because every other distribution considers a library a package, right? Right, right. Um, you can actually see here's the software, yeah. on my system. Yep. And yeah, as you said, you can audit that. You can decide. Okay, I don't need that anymore. We'll get rid of mm -hmm. that and keep a lean, mean, clear Linux OS machine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's ways to do that in other other packaging managers too, but. This was really clean, had a nice look to it, really enjoyed that. Um and so the searching searching was uh was also pretty easy if you wanted to look for a package or a, mm, a piece yeah. of software that you wanted, you could search for that relatively easily. Um interestingly though, 
I I use Fish Shell, right? That's kind of my preferred. Mm. So I wanted to install that. Um, you install the Shells package, which installs more than just Fish. Yeah. So I'm not sure how much I like that, but wait, it wait. Works. So so do you get more than Fish? Yeah. So like, like you get you Fish, Zish, and then like ZSH, Whoa. you got Zish. Um, maybe there was another one too, but I know you got those two at least. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, obviously it has Bash to begin with, so. So I guess that that right there is a pretty pretty good example of the trade off mm-hmm. to doing things like this. You right. get a bit more yep. than you expect in some cases. Yep. But you know, from a simplicity's sake, though, yeah, it was so I, easy. I really still feel like bundles are a a good way to go about it. I mean, I don't know if they're the best way, but yeah. I mean, they're descriptive right? like, naming it, for the thing that you want. I like that. That's good. Yeah. That that adds to the simplicity. Yeah, because the status quo is, you know, I install fish and then like 17 dependencies that I don't read pop right. up and I have to I have to like pretend like I'm auditing those and then press yes. Or in the case of pretty much every tutorial ever on the internet, you just tack on Y on there and right, don't even yes. worry about it anyway. So yeah, like, if you the, if you really want to go crazy, you put a pseudo in front of everything, and then yeah, you, you, yeah, you're totally wrong. Th- this is this is doing <laughs> what every tutorial is have having you do anyway, which yeah. is just don't it's, even it's worry about that. the yeah. dependencies. <laughs> it's just. You're going to accept them anyway because you want the thing that you're trying to install. Probably, so yeah. Stop yeah. thinking about it so hard. So I, I like that about it. I like that a lot about it. It, yeah. it may actually be my favorite thing about Clear, besides the fact that if you're on Intel hardware, it's, it's really fast. It, like it, it, Yeah, so I didn't even talk about that, right? I'm running on a, on a third gen i3. Um, Ooh, barely made the cutoff. Barely, barely made the cutoff, but it's there. It's there. It's one of the systems that that's uh, that's included in that, and I have to believe that that absolutely made a difference in in making GNOME usable. Yeah, uh, I mean, for, that, uh, that's that's an older machine that is uh, underpowered to begin with. Yes. So speaking of GNOME, two things. Number one. They install tweaks and extensions by right. default. Yep, so they did. Easy peasy. Just go in there, start making your changes, call it a day, add your extensions. Don't even. It's just right there. That's fantastic. The yep. other thing they do is they turn off animations by default. Yeah. Now. That makes it feel faster. In the history, in 2018, something like that, uh, they were talking about remote accessibility. The whole mm. point is that if you have animations, VNC looks terrible. Yeah, it does. Oh, you minimize something, and, it, and it, you know, normally on a real monitor, on a real, you know, hefty machine, it's nice and smooth and goes down and does whatever it needs to do. But in a remote session, it's not oh, so much. Yeah, no, like no, no, it's no, all no, pixelated awful. and chunky. It looks like a terrible JPEG that has been JPEGged now too it's many here. times. Now it's here. Oh, now it's, it's over terrible. here. Yeah. So you know, the point was to you know alleviate that by just turning off the animations obviously i went and turned them back on because i'm using on a laptop not remote right but it's a nice touch because they think about that kind of thing because clear tends to be used in the cloud over a remote connection if for some reason you're using a gui yeah so that that is that is uh really really nice actually i like that a lot and as you mentioned on a lower powered machine 
feels fast. It, it may, yeah, it, it made it nice and usable, honestly, you know, whereas yep. it might not have been with a different, you know, different OS. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The question is normally, are you keeping it? But before we get to the yeah, yay okay. or nay, what do you think overall about Clear? Ah, so I I do think it has some great use cases. Um, I'm going to probably investigate this a little further for for the the VMs and and container thing a mm-hmm. little bit maybe. Um, because that interests me, and um, that might be my interesting thing to test. So that's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say they're optimized. That you know, optimization is certainly the theme of the distribution. So it has a place. If a press release from Clear Linux does not come out with the word optimize at least eight times in the press release, they're doing it wrong, I think. (laughs) Yes, their whole thing is optimize. Take out this bit. Take out that bit. You don't need these things in the kernel. They're serious about it, and they're not kidding. Yeah. Yeah. It is absolutely optimized. If you've got a second-gen Intel Core i processor or above. Mm-hmm. This this is this is it. I mean, this is right. as fast as you are going to get. Yeah. So uh, I think it has some use cases that I want to explore more. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. However, I'm not sure the desktop is where I want to go with it. I think I'm with you on that one. I think where Clear Linux shines is not in its GNOME implementation. Mm-hmm. It is definitely on if you've got Intel-based servers that you're running containers on. Mm-hmm. That That is it. Right. So it's really giving pretty much like what the, the AWS one out on the cloud, yep. uh, you know, any of those optimized container-focused distributions that you're meant to run out on the cloud, Clear Linux should be on your list of yeah. operating systems to try out, it is fast. We've, we've got tons of links in the history and everything else of the Pharonix, um, the, the test suite uh, out, outcomes and everything else compared to absolutely every, every you know, distro that you would ever really care about running in the cloud. And you can really see these workloads just clear winning and winning. And winning and winning and winning and oh oh they didn't win that one oh but they won the next one and the next one and the next one and the next one, it is quite impressive. But they do do a lot of things yeah. to the kernel, to the underlying oh, system, sure. to everything yep. else, to make it that way, right? Like the kernel is half its size, if not less, yeah, than yeah. than the generic kernel that that most Linuxes use or you know optimize for themselves. It's it should be on your radar if you're if you say the word cloud in your job, it should definitely be on your radar. You know. It would be fine as a general use desktop, yeah, as long as you're not trying to install software that is, number one, not in SWAPD or not available as right. a bundle, um, and also not in FlatHub. Because as as we mentioned before, I, I think Snap is still on the no-go yeah. list. Yeah, they, yeah um, you're not going to get that there. Right. But I, I think App Images work just okay. I, I didn't uh, I didn't Probably, actually run any yeah. uh, this last time, but I'm, I'm pretty sure they run fine. Um but yeah, like once you get out into the weeds, you're you're kind of stuck, right? Like mm-hmm. it, it's a more Slackware type experience yeah, bit, yeah. where, oh, okay, I need the software. It's not in FlatHub, it's not in a bundle. I guess we're compiling then. So, yep. you know, if if your use case is pretty covered by bundles and FlatHub, 
I don't see any reason why you shouldn't take advantage yeah. of the Intel optimizations that come with clear Linux. So yeah, a bit could. of a toss up. Yeah, because like the documentation was very good. Uh, and like you found that how to clear uh, doc as well, which is more of a little basic primer on, on things. And that was also pretty good. Um, so I don't think there was like any lack of information. You had to, you had to go to it once and then you had it down and then, yeah, I mean, it was just a lot of reading after that, I guess. Yeah, um, it always is. But there were some videos that they officially posted on their YouTube channel and they, they are a little dated, but they're still very valid. Um, mm -hmm. so they're like from three years ago, they did a whole series of videos and, I, if you're really serious about clear, I would recommend looking through some of them. They're extremely technical. Um, some of them and they, they, you want to get into the weeds. There it is. Um, but they were good. They, they did explain things quite nicely. I agree. So am I going to keep it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, you know, actually I'll, I'll keep it. Um, yeah, I I can't see myself keeping it for the long term because I do do those weird things where mm -hmm. I would end up in this case having to compile stuff, and I would right. rather, eh, I'd rather not. I'd rather not. All right, you can get all the links at our webpage, LinuxUserspace.show. The whole internet, it's there. I'm sure. It's one of those things that where when you click on a link, it leads to another link, yeah. and then to another link. So if you go check out some of those history pages. Um. Yeah, the whole internet is available at right. your fingertips if you just keep clicking links. Well, at least all the links that matter. Let's put it that way. So <laughs> linuxuserspace.show, that's where all the good stuff is. And if you want to get a hold of us, you can email us, contact at linuxuserspace.show. The next show is going to be a topic mm. and feedback show. Yes. And uh, yeah. Well, we're not not just a topic and feedback show. We do a little bit of history in we these do as well. A little history, and we've got a history segment carved out for that. I don't know that Leo and I decided which thing we're gonna talk oh, about. Oh, I think we did. I think we did, and I've already we... made an order. Okay. Um, to to I... commemorate uh -huh. what we're doing here. Yeah. Um, I was under the impression we were doing Emacs. Yeah, I thought so too, and I'd already yeah. done a little bit, a little bit of homework on that. Not a lot, just a wee little bit. And uh, all I really, all I did was install it. Well, really, what <laughs> we're gonna do is we're we're finally gonna put an end to the question. Vim or Emacs? Vim, yeah. Wh which one is the best one? I mean, obviously, everybody ships Vim, and a lot of times you get Emacs on the same system. But which one's better? Dan will have the answer for you Ooh. in the next episode, and he will commit 100% to one or the other. Oh, that's probably a certainty. Um, it'll be a hot take, and um, I, uh, half the internet won't agree with me, I'm sure. Oh, well, uh, guaranteed. <laughs> guaranteed. So strap yourself in. It's going to be a, a good old rootin' tootin' Emacs history episode. That, that that should be a fun-filled one. I, I anticipate a lot of history on that. So um, the other thing that we need to discuss for future episodes is our next distro. Dan, why? And, why? Uh, so we've gone from hard to harder here um, in both Ugh. of the text editor uh, things 
and the distro. We're like, we're just, we're getting it, we're grinding it into the middle of the season. We're not, I mean, we might as well, but like, we're, we're, see, we're full on in and we're full force going ahead. So we're going to go harder. Yeah. uh, I I really, I really feel like that was the point, right? Like, so we, you know, ease it in a little bit, start with Ubuntu, go a little hard, then kind of, you know, take it easy. And then, and then we're just going to ramp it right back up. Um, so I, I suspect episodes after 308 um going to be a little easier. <laughs> it's got to be right. like <laughs> Full send or no send, eh? Uh, you know what? You're right. Yep, <laughs> that's right. You're going to either do it or you don't. So we're going to go full send, and we're going to do Alpine Linux. So um, uh, I made a bold statement earlier. Um, I uh, This is a distribution that is installed in the millions every day. Yep. Every day. That was that was what we were talking about, right? We we, yep. we mentioned at the very top of the show the most popular distro of all time. That has nothing to do with how much people like it <laughs> or even notice it. It. Ha- <laughs> it has everything to do. Think of like Debian's Popcon, right? Mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. where it's it's well, every single person has this thing installed. It's obviously popular, right? right? Well, every single container minus a few, surely. But they're pretty much all based on Alpine. They're right. all Alpine. A lot of them are. And yep, yep, yep. So I guess we just we figured we would stay with the same containerish theme and just just go all in on Alpine. So you may be thinking we're nuts uh, a little bit, um, and Alpine is not really uh, you know aimed at being a desktop distribution. I would agree with you on the nuts comment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you're right. It's not really aimed at that, obviously, because like we said, it's aimed at containers, but they do have installation instructions on their wiki. If you're following along at home, um, you can go in there and follow those instructions. It's a bit, I'll say from my limited reading on it, it's, it seems a bit like the arch wiki. So, mm-hmm. you know, you know, following step by step by step. Um, and then you'll end up with, uh, Hopefully a graphical desktop environment on top of your Alpine <laughs> like, Linux. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it doesn't get any better than that. And so I'm, I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a bold prediction. This one likely will not stay on my laptop long term. Yeah, prob- and and, and, and oh, you know how we talked about clears optimized and really small and really fast. I bet you Alpine's gonna be really small, really fast too. So it, you it may is just that. It, love it. It will be those things. So you know what? Yeah, you're right. You're right. It very well could end up on my laptop now until forever, and then I'll just everything is containerized. I'm just gonna run like Firefox and Docker at this point. I feel yeah, like. Yeah, why not? Like, right. Who needs who needs a flat pack when you could just run Firefox and Docker, man? <laughs> oh, good time. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. The history, at least, will be interesting. Uh I'm excited and for you it. You know what? You know what? The whole, the, the whole thing. It's just going to be a good one. Yep. We are gluttons. So stay tuned and tell us all the things on Reddit, Twitter, Mastodon, Telegram, Matrix. You can jump over there, Discord, whatever, and tell us how crazy we are because you're probably not wrong. Um, however you want to do it, join in the conversation. All the links in the show notes on linuxuserspace.show. So, Leo, where can we find you on the internet? Oh, well, you can find me on the Twitter, uh, probably cursing Alpine soon, uh, at Leo Chavez. 
And you can find me at KC2BZ on Twitter, at KC2BZ at Mastodon.technology, if you're into the Mastodon thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. At Leo Chavez at Mastodon.social. I'm a, I'm a social butterfly on the internet only, apparently. Yeah, I'm a technology guy. Come back in two weeks uh, and, and join us again for the Linux user space. Someone was doing like all of the things that created the sounds of like the 80s. Oh, yeah. And it was like opening up those drawers full of kids. Oh, yeah. And uh, like pushing one into Mm -hmm. a VCR, pushing a a tape into a VCR, opening up and like uh, putting down a phone. Inside of that thing. Yeah. Man, those are amazing. Amazing! Sure. I miss those sounds so much. Everything is on your phone. There's no sound except for the sound of your thumb tapping on a screen. That's like Which that's all the sound you get sound. anymore. That's not a sound. No. Or it's the sound of your phone connecting to your Bluetooth speaker or something. Yeah, also it's, not it's, a sound. Yeah, there's no dial-up noise or any of that stuff. Oh, and that sound. That sound was not in the GIF uh, or <laughs> video, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that that's another good sound. Distinguishable. I need that sound. That sound yeah. is, hmm, it's yep. so good. <laughs>